This autumn marks 10 years of support and liaison office implementation at SD Europe. The role, which started out fairly unheard of outside of Germany, has grown to become a licensing obligation of UEFA club competitions. And now, in 2020, SD Europe and UEFA Academy have forged a partnership to provide SLO training to national associations. To acknowledge this 10-year milestone, today we speak to SD Europe's Head of SLO Development, Stuart Dykes, and Head of SLO Training, Lena gustafsson Vibari. To kick things off, Stuart and Lena, for those unfamiliar, what is an SLO? Can you talk a little bit about its origins, where it comes from? I would say that uh, the prime task for a supporter liaison officer and SLO is to quality assure dialogue between all different stakeholders around football. Obviously, mainly between the supporters and the clubs, but also everybody else that might be involved around the game. So we do a lot of talking but also a lot of listening, keeping our ears to the ground and try to make sure that everybody that needs it have an up-to-date analysis of what's going on. Um, as far as the origins uh, are concerned, no, no one knows where exactly who the first SLO was. Um, but we think it's probably 1989 in Borussia uh, Gladbach with a guy called Theo Weiss. So... You know, 1989, that's quite a long time ago. Mm. Things didn't really kick off until um, the early 90s in Germany when the, a new people who were old enough to remember the 1980s in Europe would remember that there was a lot of problems with football violence, hooliganism, etc. So uh, the Germans set up this kind of commission in 1992 to look about how they could deal with this. And one of the pillars of their response was fun dialogue. Um, and there were, there were two parts to that. There was social work, working with risk funds, et cetera. But the other one was the, the clubs and their SLOs. So I think that's really where it kicked off. Um, but, you know, that was in 1992, but it still took a long time to develop. Um, club, a club as big as Borussia Dortmund didn't uh, appoint their first SLO until really 2008. Um, so that was a long time. Another milestone was then basically um, the licensing requirements in Germany in 2010 when clubs were required by the licensing regulations to have an SLO. So 2010, and that's really the time when, when we came in and entered the, the fray, so to speak. So you've touched on it there. Um, how did SD Europe begin working in this area? Um, and what was that first step? Uh, well, we'd done some, uh, back in the days of uh, Supporters Direct, uh, we'd done some work for UE for some surveys of fan, of, uh, sorry, of national associations. And one of the key outcomes of the, this uh, one survey that was done was that all the national associations, nearly all, were saying that they wanted to have better relations with their fans. So UEFA asked us, well, how can we... How can we help our national associations to have a better have better relations with their fans? And one of the key suggestions that we put or proposals that we made uh, to UEFA was to make the SLO a licensing requirement. It was based on the experience that was happening at the time in, in, in Germany. Um, and so the UEFA executive committee obviously thought it was a good idea. And they adopted uh, the SLO in their licensing regulations in 2010. Uh, but the licensing regulations didn't come into force until 
2012 and 2013. So to cover that gap between 2010 and 12, UEFA basically asked supporters direct to help the national associations prepare uh, and to help their, the national associations help their clubs uh, to implement and be ready for the for the for 2012. So that's where I started. I started work in September 2010. And the first step was, as I say, was to help the national associations prepare. So we held four workshops with the with, uh, different national associations in different sizes. And from then on, it was a task of, of working with them and helping them to explain what the role is, et cetera, et cetera. So taking into account the last 10 years, um, what have been some of the more difficult challenges to negotiate when it comes to SLM implementation? Um, and are there any challenges that have yet to be overcome? Well, from us, apart from me being on my own and having to work with 53 national associations as it was then, I think the most dif- the most difficult challenge was to raise awareness uh, for the role. Yeah, because very few countries had had SLOs, or hardly anyone knew what an SLO was and and why they why why they needed one. Um, so that was that was the first challenge to everyone knows what a taxi driver is if you say you're a taxi driver but if you say you're a support liaison officer people just shrug their shoulders and say you know what's that so raising awareness is and it's that's still a problem today even now um i think other challenges were obviously opposition to change clubs don't often like having rules imposed on them from above so you know they were saying well why do we need this or clubs other clubs were saying well we're already doing slo work so you know we don't need a dedicated person so there was a lot of skepticism even even among uh, supporters so what it really required was a lot of uh, work to persuade uh, the different stakeholders on the value of having SLOs. We needed a lot of relationship building with the national associations uh, and the leagues. We spent a long time, ta- a lot of time lobbying the national associations at UE for security conferences, licensing events, etc. Um, I think to date we visited uh, about forty countries uh, to do training or development work, etc. Um, but I think we are gradually overcoming these challenges that awareness is growing um i think one of the key turning points was around about 2016 when we started to take the work outside of the purely football arena Uh, the council europe convention the new one on safety security and service in in sports and in particular football has been a really important new tool for us to give us added weight if you like we don't only have the uefa licensing regulations we now have the council of europe convention which has really placed a focus uh, on the slo role and, and helped uh, to increase awareness of it there have been other things we've worked with the uh, eu council for example to dr- help them draft a resolution on police liaison with supporters uh, which has been very useful. We've taken advantage of uh, eu projects erasmus plus projects to help develop the role we're doing things like uh, pan-European police training. So, you know, there's a whole bunch of things uh, that are going on now. Um, and if I look back uh, to when we started back in 2010, uh, our work is, is very diff- different now compared uh, with the early years. So I think we can say the role is now more established than, than, ever, than it ever was before. 
but we do still have a lot of blank spots on the SLO map through throughout Europe. So there's still plenty of work to do. Uh, and I think another key factor for us, obviously, was the addition of a, of a practitioner to the team. So it wasn't just me on my own, a the, a th someone who can deal with the theory, but I've never been an SLO. So we added Lena to the team a few years ago, and that's really given us a, uh, as a boost. I think Stuart is right. It was assess, you know, uh, awareness has always been a challenge, and to some extent it is. But we do have more awareness now than we used to. So now we need to create an understanding of what we actually do. We know that it's a complex role that it's easily, easily misunderstood. So we need to keep on working to actually educate everybody else, not only the SLOs, on what an SLO actually can do and how an SLO is best utilized within football. Obviously, SD Europe has run a number of projects uh, which have catalyzed the role's development, most notably Lies. Um, what were the main outcomes of the project? Uh, well, I think if, if I perhaps uh, just explain briefly what Lies was for those who are not familiar with the, the project, it was an Erasmus Plus project that we ran in 2018-2019. Uh, and the aim of the project was to promote the role of the SLO in dialogue and communication between fans and clubs on the one side uh, and the football and the public authorities on the other. Um, it involves six countries. So we had uh, football governing bodies from, from six countries. Um, that was the Bulgarian Football Association, the Czech Football League, uh, the French Football Federation plus the French Football League, uh, the Polish Football Association, the Portuguese Football Federation and the Swedish Football League. Um, we also had fan organisations involved, the ANS from France, the National Supporters Organisation there, uh, and the SFSU in Sweden. And also uh, Football Supporters Europe is a transnational second uh, supporters organization. Projects involve 12 exchange visits. So the partners visiting each other to have a look at their SLO work uh, and three workshops on different subjects. Um, it was for us, it was a landmark development in, in, in several ways. Uh, for example, it was the first time a supporters organization had applied for funding uh, from the European Union uh, and, and distributed monies to the FAs and leagues. It's usually the other, other way around. Uh, SD Europe was able to distribute around 140,000 uh, to the football governing bodies involved in the project uh, to cover costs and, of the activities and the staff costs. Uh, it was also the first time a fan organization had attempted to drive uh, European U Union policy uh, through the development of a resolution um, on police liaison uh, with SLOs, uh, which has been sub which is going to be submitted to the EU Council of Ministers for a decision and hopefully for adoption. That's going through the motions as we speak. Another main outcome of the project was uh, action plans for each country. Yeah, so an action plans on how to how with suggestions and proposals for developing the SLO work in each of the six partner countries. And I think overall from our point of view and um, from the point of view of the partners, the, the, the impact of, the, of Liaise was, was huge. Uh, perhaps um, my favorite part of Liaise was uh, the biggest impact in France in that it led to the creation of a whole new position, a new job, or even a new department, if you like, at the French Football League and support, uh, supporters uh, relations. Um, that was a development, I think, which has had a huge impact on, on, on how the SLO 
role is in, uh, um, developing in France to such an extent that the uh, French National Supporters Organization called Lehays uh, a game changer. So overall, we're, we're very, very uh, happy uh, with the outcomes that uh, Lehays has had. So SD Europe has fostered a, a network of SLOs from across Europe. Um, how do the SLOs involved uh, benefit from being a part of the network? Obviously, uh, the networks helps us to keep in touch on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, raising things that might come up, you know, during our job. Uh, but also the fact that we have the opportunity to get together face-to-face. -to -face. Uh, if I'm not wrong, I think we've had five network meetings so far in different countries, and we had up to as many as 20 SLOs from different countries attending. Um, it's a platform where we can exchange experiences and uh, speak about the role, but also how we want to take it further and how we want to develop the function. Uh, it's really, really important for us to uh, gain understanding on how it works in different countries. So we can have like a cohesive picture of, of our reality. It's also benefit the fact that uh, we've had external or semi-external stakeholders attending the meetings, such as representatives from UEFA and the Council of Europe. So we can have open-hearted discussions of uh, what's going on. So what are the next steps planned for SD Europe regarding further development of the SLO role? Obviously, from my side, the, the SLO education program uh, is, is my main focus. I'm so pleased that we managed to partner up with UEFA Academy as of last year to uh, roll out this program. It's a four day program and we've finished two pilots or about to finish two pilots, obviously. As for the rest of the world, COVID-19 came a bit in between, but we're going to do the last sessions both in Denmark and Russia. We also have set dates for the first sessions with three other countries, and we're talking to several more. So by providing this training to SLOs across Europe, we will be able to at least provide some tools and some tricks uh, to help them in their everyday job. Yeah, I think in the uh, in the medium term, the, as Lena's uh, pointed out, the the education program will will be the you know the driving force of, of the work that we're doing. Um, so it's going to lead. It's going to have lots of um, welcome side effects. Uh, for example, one is uh, we're working currently on the second uh, edition of the UEFA SLO handbook, uh, which will form a core, a core part of the training. Um, and it's all part of our strategy to really um, professionalize the, the role uh, and the work and to, to hand SLOs the tools that they need because um, there are a lot of demands being placed on SLOs from different stakeholders. Uh, and, uh, you know, our main priority is to help them uh, and uh, help them give them the tools and the skills that they need to meet those challenges. And also at the same time to develop our own work and improve and continue to to maintain a professional uh, standard at the work that we do uh, we want to also develop uh, new ways or look at uh, new ways of delivering dedicated support to clubs uh, while maintaining existing uh, the existing level of support that we give to governing bodies and supporters and other stakeholders such as the police and, and generally just to keep on promoting the role and the importance of uh, dialogue with fans as key stakeholders. Um, 
so Stuart Lena, that's almost all the time we have for today. So final question, where do you see the SLO role going over the next 10 years? I know I'm going to put my heart into um, everything and do what I can in order to make sure that the function gets the recognition it actually deserves. We need to keep on uh, providing tools and uh, everything else needed for the SLOs to actually make sure that they can have the central role in every, every club that they need in order to do the job. If you use your SLO in the right way, there's a lot of time and effort to be saved. There's money to be saved and made. And there's gonna be a lot of enthusiasm and joy put into the organizations. So that's where I'm gonna be at. Yeah, I think I can just um, go with what Lena's just said there. As I mentioned in my previous answer, I think we're going to see a greater professionalization of the role. Um, we've even had conversations about whether, you know, the SLO will eventually become officially recognized as a, as a vocation, you know, as a job uh, like a, a plumber or a builder or a baker or anything else. Uh, I'm not sure we'll see that in the next 10 years. Uh, but if Germany is anything to go by, we may see, uh, hopefully, uh, the development of university courses uh, and things like that, that safety officers and SLOs can attend, um, you know, in, in, in fan and spectator management, for example, like that, uh, things like that. Um, I think we're going to see greater recognition of the role, as Lena said, uh, that the SLOs are no longer seen as, as nice-to-haves or necessary evils, depending on what your perspective is, uh, that they're going to be seen as essential uh, members of, of staff, uh, essential for the smooth running uh, of uh, football and, and, and match days, etc. Um, we're already seeing moves towards more national team SLOs, so I think that's a trend that's going to continue. And it's not only going to be working at the, they're not only going to be working at club level, uh, and I think all all of this is going to lead to great greater credibility for the role that hopefully we'll see uh, leading SLOs from the European SLO network becoming more of uh, partners uh, to UEFA and working in UEFA committees and things like that, um, and just in general, I think uh, COVID. Uh, just shows um, how important fans are to the game. Uh, you know, we keeps running home this message that fans really are key stakeholders, and we're seeing that you know football in empty, played in front, in, in empty stadiums is 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 not what we not anything that we want to see. Uh, and I think SLOs, you know, they're not, while they're not the only tool for involving. Uh, supporters in decision-making processes, of course. It's just one one other tool, but I think they're a really valuable and important tool. Um, so I think, as I say, I, I'm, I'm expecting and hoping to see uh, SLOs gain more prominence uh, over the next 10 years. Well, listen, both of you, thank you. It's been a, a real insight talking through this with you. Here's the next 10 years. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks, Luke, for giving us an opportunity to talk about the SLO.